0: OTB Sports Rugby. What do you make of the Scott Robertson rumours uh, to replace Lancaster at Leinster?
1: That's new that's new to me. Um, I hear it and I like it. Subscribe to the Rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Monday Night Rugby
0: on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Oh. Now then. Plenty to catch the eye across the opening weekend of the Heineken Champions Cup. Very happy to say, Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent here in studio, you're very welcome. Thanks, Joe. And Fiona Hayes, Grand Slam winner, is on the line. Good evening to you.
2: Good evening, Joe. How are you?
0: Great. Let me try and sum up that opening weekend a touch. So we started on the Friday. We had London Irish 27, Montpellier 32 Friday night. Uh, London Irish red card swung that game. 26 unanswered Montpellier points got the job done. Uh, This is London Irish's uh, first Heineken Champions Cup appearance in 11 years and there were desperately uh, poor crowds. Ron Nogara tweeted during the game Must be the first time ever that the opening game of the European Cup is played in a mostly empty stadium. Desperately sad to see. Uh, Things did pick up though across the weekend. So that was an away win from Montpellier. Of the 12 matches we had five away wins. The most eye-catching being Leinster in La Havre against Racing, 42-10 Exceptional. One of the other away wins, and you were both there, was Toulouse 18 13 at Tome and Park. Worth a mention as well on the South African contingent two home wins and one away defeat. So, Sharks and Bulls they beat Harlequins and Leon. Uh, Stormers were away to Claremont and they lost 24 14. So, uh, the two sides who were at home at the weekend are away in round two. So, we'll see what the turnaround is like. And then, unforeseeable scoreline of the weekend, Sale 39. Ulster nil which we'll come to and uh, La Rochelle who come to Belfast next defending champions 46-12 winners against Northampton who Munster will play next Have I missed anything glaring there?
1: No I just hope Fiona was on the far side of the Munster match than I was so she can talk about what happened on that, pi- that side of the pitch and I talk about <laughs> what happened on my side of the pitch
0: <laughs> Well let's work our way uh, backwards then so Munster 13 Toulouse 18 extraordinarily atmospheric fog quickly became pain in the backside fog. There was a moment on BT where Royal Nugent after a clearance kick said, honestly, I'm not sure where it's gone.
1: It wasn't actually so bad in the press box because we had, we were on the side, the far side of the cameras. So when we had, we have screens. So when it went to the far side, you could watch on the TV, whereas Royal was on the same side as the as the cameras. So he didn't have that luxury. So we had a fair idea what was going on, but it was pretty extraordinary. I mean, you know, it was a, it's been a crazy couple of days of weather and I think it really added to um, I mean it didn't add to the viewing experience in any way but it made it very unique and very um, I, I really enjoyed it in, in, in some ways um, and it was a proper I, what, Ugo Mola came into the press box and my French is only okay and he, what he said was this wasn't a Champions Cup match this was a European Cup match this was two big teams from the, the old competition in the conditions that they were you know this games taking place in the South African summer in the same tournament it's, it's quite bizarre
0: as an aside because DuPont in advance of this match had similar comments about well this isn't the European Cup anymore and then Ugo Mala, as you said well that wasn't a Champions Cup match it was a European Cup match mm. Are the French less enamoured with this yeah, South African so. contingent than we might have anticipated? I
1: think so and I don't, I thought it was interesting like you mentioned the crowd in, in, in Brentford the crowds across the board weren't particularly brilliant you know like was, I, I flicked on after the, the France-England game I, I made the mistake of putting on uh, cast exeter which was an incredible change of pace but there were very few people at that game in cast mate look it's cold across europe there are mitigating circumstances but it didn't kick off with a bang and we talked about here before that they've kind of sacrificed the pool stages a little bit to get the the the, the real rugby at the, the, the business end and get from 1680 sorry 168 semi final and you get great knockouts um i think the, south, the french will need to be convinced of the south africans merits but I think we all were like that a little bit at the start of the URC and after a while, we've all come to to not maybe not maybe I can't speak for everyone. I know Keith Wood wouldn't agree with me; he doesn't particularly like it. But I I think they've added an awful lot. I think they will add something to this competition as well. Um, but they were right in terms of what I where I think there's an issue is that it's a points race, and there's games taking place in such radically different co- co- um, conditions. And the Irish teams, the Scottish teams, the Welsh teams, and the Italian teams cannot play against South African te- teams. And in those conditions, because we're in the same conference, because we come from the URC, whereas the English and French, they might lose in South Africa, but they have better chance of picking up points. So it's it's a maybe it's a minor point, but when it comes down to it, in the end of the day, there was no bonus points already on offer. No, no one's getting four tries in Tom yesterday.
0: That is an outstanding point. I've heard no one make that point. Well that was rare as wonderful Jacob <laughs> <Bell>. <laughs> That's a great point, and consider that because yeah, as you said, bonus points uh, touch harder to come by in miserable weather. Fiona, let's um. Turn to the game then. Munster 7-0 up, courtesy of Joey Carberry. For the first 23 minutes, they were on top in this game. Toulouse went up the pitch and scored a try out of nothing in a very Toulouse way. But that start, that opening 20 minutes, gave us a good glimpse of where Munster are aspiring to go.
2: Yeah, spot on. I'm just about thawed out here now. Um Joe. I'm still I'm still in Limerick. I didn't even get back to Cork yet. But look, um, very exciting rugby. The first 20 minutes, the crowds were, were on their feet. I was up in the West End, everyone was cheering. It was really exciting. It was a, a type of a attacking play that we've seen glimpses of. And definitely for the first first half in particular, I saw maybe the last pass or wasn't going to hand or or people weren't given that last pass when it was on. But it was probably the, the most exciting attack and start to a game I've seen Munster do in in a long time and it really really was um, exciting I think people might have thought that Toulouse were asleep but I I just thought Munster looked after the ball really really well in that opening in the opening 20-25 minutes.
0: Roundtree said afterwards Fiona I thought our attack showed massive signs of improvement and uh, Alan Quinlan mentioned this morning on the AM show for instance Toulouse uh, like France they can kick more than you think sometimes they kick 36 times to Munster's 22. So that Munster back three, Fiona, they tended to run the ball more often than not.
2: Yes, probably. Look, Haley was absolutely outstanding. Um, The crowd got excited every time Munster ran the ball back at him. It's, it's what you wanted to see. And, you know, we saw him get through gaps and he, he was electric at times. Obviously, in the second half, the fog probably had a lot to do with it. There was a lot more um, when DuPont was doing box kicks, box kicks or, or into back kicking through. There was probably a lot more knock-ons that we would have liked at that level. But definitely in the first half, when the fog wasn't there, I thought they were kicking that uh, Munster were really showing intent in attacking, attacking the space out wide. They weren't just hitting it up in the middle. They were bringing footwork. They had runners coming from all angles. So it was really exciting to watch.
0: Rory, Toulouse not easy to attack against. They have these shooters from defence uh, akin to France also. And then French counter rooking is a very scary thing over the last couple of years. Yeah, and they have huge size. And I know it's very reductive
1: sometimes to just keep going back to that. But they picked 6-2 on the bench. They went with six forwards mm-hmm. on the bench. Um, you know they had French internationals, you know current French internationals to come in like Cyril Bay, who I think is one of the less loose heads in the world. Mm. And I think where Munster went wrong was they didn't quite make the most of that first twenty minutes. Even the fact that Car- Carberry missed it wasn't an easy kick, but he he hit the post with a with a kick at goal ten nil in those conditions is, is a you know it's a big lead. Um, they ha they'll have they they will learn from this because. It took twenty minutes for Toulouse to just kind of wake up and adjust to everything and the conditions. But as they did, they slowly layered on quality upon quality. Um, and you said their try came out of nothing. It came from a scrum penalty, a mall penalty, and they scored on advantage. It was very simple, almost Saracens-esque in what they did. But the execution of the way they scored it was beautiful. Um, it, you know, six of their seven backs touched the ball in in, in that in that move, and the other one it did a brilliant dummy run along the way. And Labelle's finish was beautiful in the corner. You know they. They did. They reminding me a little bit of France at, at the World Cup in terms of they were. They're quite economic, econo- economical in what they do. Mm. They uh, they did just about enough. They kind of kept Munster at arm, got in front, kept Munster at arms length. Um, weren't there to run up a big score. They reckon four points out of Thomond Park is just about right. Not that concerned about what Munster are doing either, because again, it's a points race. It's not a, a four team group. It's a sixteen team or whatever it is. Or. Um, you know, there's, it's it's a much wider field that's not really of their concern, and they they'll back themselves to yeah. win their two other games, and and then have you know monsters back into lose. They'll be one of the top seeds. They were really, I was really impressed with them. I thought they looked it was almost as impressive as Leinster I thought they were really really, really good. I don't think because there's a many variety teams, to how they can
0: win. Yes,
1: and not many teams would have won in Thomond Park yesterday. Like those conditions, you woke. I spoke to someone before the game and I said, look, it's a French team here. Look at look at the window. Not for me today. That I know it's a cliche, but it does happen and we've seen it across the weekend. They didn't do that. Yeah. They turned up and they turned up really, really well. It took them a while to get going. And their defense, their counter looking that you talked about, mm-hmm. um, and their execution. When they got chances, they took them. They were I thought they were really impressive. And I I don't think it's any shame for Munster at the stage of development they are to lose to them. I think most teams will lose to to lose this season. I think there's only three three or four teams that will win this tournament, and I think we're already seeing who they are.
0: Round Roundtree, uh, Fiona said. Sorry, jump in, jump in.
2: Yeah, no, just on that as well. I think um I think uh, Toulouse had four turnovers. Munster had no turnovers in the whole game. So it just shows um, you know, exactly how clinical Toulouse were at ruck time and obviously they they really attacked, they pick and chose when they attacked that Munster Ruck and got more change in the second half off the referee. Um, but it was definitely you could see them, their intent and how they played and especially they they their defence was excellent, their line speed, but when they when they went after that Munster Rock ball. They really piled everyone in and, and got the change from that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Round said afterwards, I was just gonna say, Fiona, it came down to power, their mole versus mm. our mole ultimately. And the two Toulouse tries came ultimately off mole in the end, a phase or two uh, later from five-meter lineouts. And there was that decisive moment, and I wonder if you felt it in the stadium, that decisive moment in the second half where it's 10-10 at the break. And Toulouse score that try off the mall to go 15-10 up. And then 47 minutes, so just a handful of moments later, uh, Munster kick for the corner and the mall is really well defended and it's a turnover. And then there's a big turnover two, three minutes later, again for Toulouse in their own 22. That felt, watching on TV, like a very decisive passage. And I don't, I don't, like if if Toulouse was going to catch fire It would have been Mm. Munster would have mulled over there and there would have been a sense of one of those days. For me, I almost I half thought to myself that could be that already. It it just felt so um, psychologically uh, significant for both sides.
2: Yeah, it was. It was huge. It was huge for them. And you can almost sense it in the crowd. It kind of quietened them down for 10, 15 minutes as well. Um, it was a massive moment. And I think, especially the defense of that mall, they really, they got the ball. They got in there and they were they're absolutely jumping for joy when they when they got that turnover at that time. So I think that's kind of, you could see the Munsters players' heads down. Obviously, they have to get on with the game and it was still early enough in, in the second half. But there was absolute huge moments that, that went to lose his way. And another day, they could have gone Munster but the, their mall was just so powerful the way they shifted Munster around we talked Joe the last time uh, you know when we were at South Africa game we were talking how the, the defence had improved from that Ulster game Munster still were nice and tight but it was just how to lose manipulated they, they were able to find the change they were able to find the space and, and just went with it when they got it so you can just see how power game really came into play and Munster didn't know what to do with it obviously they didn't directly score off a mall, but they th- that's essentially where they got their goal for Ball for
0: those thrice. There's quite a lot of positivity around this Munster defeat, Rory, and I'm curious if you think that's because expectations have been so dampened over the last 24 months, or if it's because we've seen some green shoots here. Well, I suppose the you know September and October were so
1: bad that we're seeing progress week on week for this Munster team, and I even when we were being heavily critical of Munster in in that period, I don't think I. I ever thought that this coaching team was the wrong coaching team necessarily. I you know, I always thought they had time to get it right. It's just you can't lose to the Dragons and you can't be losing to Cardiff. You know, was it Scarlets or Cardiff in the in the first couple of weeks? Cardiff. You can't like these are games. Of Munster like Munster, what losing to Toulouse in a narrow game like that when you could see clearly why they lost the game. Yeah. That's o- that, like that's okay. Like you know, in especially
0: withdrawing with Toulouse a few months ago.
1: But to lose in that game where. I think running on fumes to a degree and we saw them the following week come up short you yeah. know and, and look the, I think what Roundtree and Co were dealing with as well are they're dealing with a squad that's not theirs they've, 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 they've got two overseas signings so your, your overseas sign, you saw Charlie Natai Jason Jenkins and Michael Alatoa all contributing massively to Leinster on, on Saturday J, J, sorry um, RG Snyman is just injured all the time and, and they've never really been able to get him onto the pitch at all and they re-signed them and that was a decision they made Maybe they will get him on the pitch. Maybe he'll lead him to glory. At the moment, it still looks Um, 50-50. South Africa are already worried about him for the World Cup. So that is a piece of business they made. And they're living and and dying by that decision. But it was a decision not made by Graham Rountree. And Malik Fakatoa was signed. And they don't play him in the big games. He's fit. But they didn't play him. They picked Rory Scannell. So they're not getting value from the players that they've signed. So what Roundtree can't be blamed for that because he didn't sign those players. Munster as an organisation signed those players. um, But that's some that's the kind of thing they need to get right if they want to win these games. Like, really, they need to identify where they're... Like, OK, they've got a power deficit against Toulouse. Don't sign a centre. Go out and sign a world-class hooker or a world-class tighthead. They've managed... Like, John Ryan started and played very well and has played well. I mean, they only signed John Ryan because they had a couple of injuries and Wasps went bang. They let him go last year. Yeah, Like, they're kind of... They're muddling along. They're doing the best of what they have. But what they need to do is empower Roundtree or or give Roundtree some support in terms of squad building in future seasons. But at the moment, what he's doing is he's making the best of what he was given. He hasn't constructed this, I think. So I, I'm sympathetic towards that. Okay. I think the way they approached it, the way they showed a cleverness in how they attacked, they pulled Toulouse apart. I thought there was a template there that if they can keep refining it, they can beat these teams in the future. But it, it's year one. They've broke. They've gone from a very different style under Van Graham, which wasn't getting them anywhere, and they're rebuilding with a, a good young coaching ticket. You know, an outside coach being supported by two um, former Munster players, three Munster former Munster players. A guy, you know, the outside coach has bought in. I would say to the identity more than I would have said Van grand has. although Van grand threw himself into Munster, but he always seemed like a cold character. Whereas you can see how much a car- it matters to Roundtree. So I think all of these things are lending to a more sympathetic treatment of this defeat. And also, last season you only needed eight eight points to get out of Pool A and seven points to get out of Pool B. If they beat Northampton home and away, which they're well capable of doing, and and on the basis of what we've seen in the South Africa, Connacht, Edinburgh and Toulouse games, they should do, then they're in the quarter, then they're in the last 16, and they go to Toulouse trying to get as good a draw as they can. No one thinks Munster are going to win the Heighton Cup this year. I don't. I, I. don't think. I think that they could go on a run any on any given year. What they need to do is get up the table and the to the, the give themselves the best chance of URC success and get into the knockouts and give that a rattle. And that's a good season in your first year. Yeah. And um, so that's why we're being a bit more, probably forgiving of them. I, I think when you lose to the Dragons, you, you expect big bats. If you lose to lose in a tight game, that's anyone can. That could happen to anyone.
0: Yeah. No. That's a very fair, nuanced answer, Fiona. Last word on Munster. Do you agree with that? Where Rory's pitched Munster this year
2: yeah 100% I think um they're going to have to have a look at obviously going after a tight end like Rory said I th- I know they were talking about maybe getting John Ryan to stay on but I think there's talk of him going over to the Waikato Chiefs so look that's an area that they really need to tighten up and if they can get a big tight end in there and a couple of a bigger guys around around the park I think it will make a huge difference but that's for next year I thought they were good throughout the game the only thing I suppose that they might be disappointed and they'll have to clean up is, is towards the end of the game they actually had a chance or two to get back up the pitch and were a bit sloppy at rock ball it spilled out a couple of times and toulouse were able to get a couple of penalties so they need to tighten up that and i suppose get that 80 minute performance and i definitely think they will will go over to northampton feeling very positive next week
0: okay crowley carberry looks very good as well as a combination
1: whether it's for the last 20 or for the whole game i think that's something worth exploring it looks very very promising
0: yeah i mean you would think the likes of crowley carberry casey if they're sitting around having a cup of coffee should and if they're not saying each other, each other must be thinking like in fourteen, fifteen months' time, the twenty twenty four six nations we should all really be in the mix, and you know if one of us sparks up a relationship with well be it Crowley or Carberry with Casey or maybe all three of them together minutes together and like I said a relationship that bodes well for our Ireland chances
1: absolutely I mean it could happen before then as well you're only an injury or two away from being in, the, like, as we saw in November so that's an important there are three very important players for Irish rugby in the next couple of years and in particular for Munster because I thought Crowley really sparkled when he came on mm. but Car- Carberry played well as well I think he's hitting some lo- lovely form as well at just the right time so um, there's but pro- again it's a sign of promise and there's there's young players contributing to what Munster are doing Hodnett was quite good yesterday Kandelan yeah. You know there are
0: sh- signs of green shoots coming through there, so all is not lost. Fair enough. And do you think Fiona, for instance, we would have seen Carberry, Casey, and Crowley on the pitch under Van Graan last year?
2: no you wouldn't have seen it last year I don't think Um, but I, I it definitely excited me really. come on you have those two playmakers there I have to take my hat off to Carberry I thought he would he had a really good game I thought he controlled things exceptionally well in, in the first half obviously as the game went on it wasn't um you know it was a bit harder for him but what uh, but he got the lads on the front foot and was playing game game line and I think that Crowley coming in as 12 you've got your, your double playmakers there it's definitely an option and Casey as well so it, it isn't something we would have seen with Van grand we know he liked to pick um. Um, similar guys and keep them in that position whereas I think this Munster a coach and Ticket are actually trying up a few things and we've seen Crowley at 15 we've seen him at 10 and and he came in at 12 and done a job as well so it is exciting going forward
0: Okay well they have Northampton away next and Northampton were beaten comprehensively by La Rochelle 42-16 and uh, frankly I would say the last couple of years have been fairly abject in the Heineken Champions Cup, so uh, I think there's opportunity there for Munster Ulster, an interesting case. Sale 39, Ulster nil. This was 15 nil at half time. think the instinct here is to reach for mitigation because this is just so unlike the Ulster we've seen for the majority of this season. Their flights uh, cancelled on uh, Saturday and so it was back to Belfast very early on Sunday morning. Some of the team to Birmingham, others to Liverpool. Reconvene in Manchester. They had no Henderson, Cooney or Balakoon. Dan McFarland said, not ideal preparation, but you do have to get on with it. It doesn't explain why we were 30-odd points behind Sale either. So why were they 30-odd points behind Sale? Yeah, I think you, you can't ignore
1: that, that factor, but on the back of what happened, if they held on a beaten Leinster last week and then lost 39-0, you wouldn't be as concerned. But the fact that they collapsed in that second half against the 14-man Leinster side, you would fear that there's been a lot of psychological damage done by that forty minutes in the RDS, and that it's seeping in. It's just a it's a really bad time to lose that game because it was you know it's obviously set them up for this week, and, and now they've got the champions coming over. And one thing about La Rochelle is they like to lose. They don't really care where they're playing. They're not going to see Ravenhill as they see they'll they'll rise to it as a challenge. They won't, you know, you know. I was so disappointed with Rasting on Saturday. I thought, you know, you build them up all week, and and they're absolutely awful. I think I think La Rochelle are, are a team that. Basically, it doesn't matter where they're playing. We've seen them win away in England the last couple of years. So, um, I think McFarlane would be deeply concerned. That, and while he can get his URC comp- campaign back on track, a four-game pool stage means you've just no room for error. And, and they have to go to La Rochelle later on in the campaign. And, and they've given Sale a... uh a Sale play to lose next, I think? Uh, yes, they do. So, to, so Sale kind of need to win in Raven as well. So, like, they're, 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 they've no easy games in this tournament. They've a tough draw. And that would have been... A perfect place to go over and get a one point defeat. you know I, I I come back with a bonus point to lose 39 nil puts you on the back foot right away and your home game's a difficult one
0: yeah, yeah. Sailor, decent team they're second in the premiership mm. McFarland said after the Leinster match that he saw them as very very physical opponents Alex Sanderson is there so he brings that Saracens European ethos in the same way O'Gara's brought it to La Rochelle you have the likes of Toulaghi and Tom Curry and Johnny Hill all back from England duty so you know, and quarter finalists last year, so they were far from a pushover. But thirty-nine nil is um, is quite something. Uh, what <laughs> what worried me, Fiona, is Dan McFarland afterwards said, "We won't fall into a swamp of self pity this week." Like, Don't even bring that. Why Why even bring that premise up?
2: <laughs> no, they can't. And, you know, Joe, you're talking about um, the disruption to travel, but your sure, Leinster had something similar as well. You know, going over as a team, obviously, it's not ideal, but I, I was actually shocked. The, the morning
0: I... is worse, though, isn't it? It must yeah. be far worse than getting in late the night before. At least you can get to bed and sleep in it's a little bit.
2: It. I suppose. It's just with that disruption, you know, it's easy to, to, to look at that and kind of view and that. Whereas I, I, I went back and I looked at the game. I was absolutely shocked at the, the scoreline when I saw it. So I, I watched it this morning and... Yeah, they just, they didn't look themselves at all, I, I think Sale looked like everything was sticking for Sale, um, Rob Dupree's was absolutely outstanding at 10, he pulled all the strings, he was flicking the ball out the back, he scored a lovely try everything just seemed to go right for Sale but the thing that kind of worried me when I was watching Ulster, which I hadn't seen in the past they were getting caught a lot on their internal defence, so when the ball was going out wide, um, their connections on the inside were almost sitting back at the rock and not coming up, so it, it, it could have been through tiredness, I don't know, but they Okay. It, it seemed like Sale spotted this early in the game and they really got change on that internally. A couple of pops back inside, they were getting great ground through that. Their connections, um, I think they scored off a scrum, and and you know, um, we wouldn't have seen like Ulster that before they came up. Their this their connection was disjointed and it just went through the sale, went through the sale player, went through a gap. So, look, that side of things was worrying, all very fixable, I suppose, going into the next game. But going go having La Rochelle coming at you, um, after that is, uh, is, is not disheartening but yeah look they'll just have to chalk it down to them not being there completely like Sale were absolutely outstanding and and Ulster didn't show up but it's a huge game for them now next week they need to be getting even if it's a a losing bonus they need to be getting some points on board at home especially
1: One of the quieter departures last year was Jared Payne going to Claremont as Ulster's defence coach and I think Mm. you know there's definitely concerning signs in what we were seeing I only saw bits and pieces of the game but some of the tries looked like they shouldn't be conceded at, at the level that Ulster are at and um, he had a huge reputation. he you know, a lot of the players would have talked a lot about how important he was to their development as players and and maybe just just we're just seeing the kind of transition to to Johnny Bell coming back. So there's it, I, I just wonder how Ulster pulled this around in time, you know, because it's it, a tough run of games. They, they, this is their real tough run, like Munster and, and Connacht had tough runs earlier in the campaign. But Ulster have La Rochelle, then they, they they play Connacht, then they play Munster on New Year's Day. You know, they're into a really tough um schedule and, and the confidence and belief they must have built up over their first seven games when they won six from seven and ran Leinster close in Ravenhill, mm. that's gone. Like they're just that's wiped in the last two weeks. It's a massive ch- test for for Don McFarland and his coaches to, to turn that around and, and, and for the dressing room. I mean getting Henderson back could be big if he's a, if he's okay, but they can't keep relying on that one guy to kind of pull them through. Um, there's got to be more than that it's uh a huge week in the context of, of the whole McFarlane regime and, and their season, obviously.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I have to say, like they are probably one of the more exciting team to, to watch in attack, but it didn't fire it at all in, in the sale game. There wasn't really much to watch. We know how lethal McCluskeys, we doom in for some of the game as well, but it just it just seemed their discipline and everything was gone out the window. So maybe they just need to to go back and 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 kind of I suppose take a breather. But this but as I said with La Rochelle coming forward, coming at you next weekend, it's not the, the most ideal game to be going into when your confidence is a bit down.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've been in that position, Fiona, as a player where you're trying to pick up the pieces after a bad performance like that. (sighs) What's the best way to circle the wagons? Would you you anticipate they'll get into the nitty gritty of those defensive issues you talked about and, and, and really get, you know, try and address specifics? Or do you almost just say that was such an abomination, let's just forget about it and... Go back to the wall. Uh, focus on just basics for Larisella. What's the best approach in, in that kind of scenario?
2: Yeah, I suppose you have to you have to look at the defensive system and wondering why it isn't working. Obviously, you're not going to fix everything, but they might have to tweak a couple of things because it doesn't, as I said, that internal defence they 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 absolutely ripped them apart. And no offence to Sale, they're like they are good to watch, but they're not the absolutely most attacking team you've ever seen in in the world. And you know to be ripped open so easily, so they'll have to have a look at that. But as a player going into it, I suppose all you can do is 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 focus on on your job. And as we said, when they're attacking. We know how good, we know how lethal they are, but it's it's almost like those little passes aren't going to hand now. So it's maybe rein it back, going back to basics, getting that bit of confidence. And we know Larishen are going to be exceptionally uh, physical as well, so they're going to have to sort that defence out. And so I think a few tweaks and a chat around that area and try and build up their confidence in training will fix a few issues there.
0: Okay that makes next weekend very interesting we're taking a very short break Rory and Fiona staying with us Rugby and Off the Ball is with the Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us back in just one moment Monday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us
1: oh. Monday Night Rugby
0: on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. You're welcome back. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent and Fiona Hayes, Grand Slam winner with Ireland, still with us. So let's turn to Leinster, away to Racing in La on Saturday lunchtime. 14-hour journey across Friday. Leinster eventually got in and more than turned up, I think it's fair to say, uh, Rory. So 42 points to 10, uh, you can throw in a try of the season contender there, the Ringrose try. I see the um, Vander Fleer fourth try for the just a little touch of variation and innovation in, a, in the 22, as opposed to going down the battering ram approach, uh, doing the rounds on Twitter today as people catch up with the weekend. And they add battering ram approach as well, just for good measure and brilliant defence and fitness and outstanding individual displays and what more can you say about this team like they're just insanely good when they're in this kind of mood yeah I, I suppose what you can say about them is that they still have like they need to
1: back this up and back this up and back this up all the way through to May and it, it's they're clearly angry about what happened against La Rochelle and Marseille every time I have any I go to their press conferences whenever I talk to any of them one on one it's it's a huge theme that they're so annoyed what happened they were so disappointed there's a there's a there's a response there and I think this was the first chance they had really. Like they you know, they've been pretty good for the in the URC this season. This was a chance to go to France, go back to France for the first time against a highly rated um or, or sorry, Racing team who have the profile of team they have struggled with in the past and lay down a real marker and, and they laid down that marker. And they have laid down markers in the pool stages and in the semi final against Toulouse last year before. It was on a par with those kind of performances and the Sad thing, not maybe it's not sad it's not sad at all sorry the, the difficult thing for them is that we expect them to do this all the way because really where they'll be measured is in May they got to win this trophy they're too good not to win to have one tro- one Heineken Cup in 10 years I totally agree um, they're, 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 that was an exceptional performance mm-hmm. and the, you're right the variation across the, the tries the scores I just watched the highlights again before I came in just to remind myself and the, every one of them has its own strength and it shows they, they can beat you anyway Um And I thought the fourth try was the most impressive just because of that. The way they thought up a way of of, of fooling, um, rassing, I keep nearly saying La Rochelle, keep fooling, rassing into thinking they're going to do one thing and coming out with something completely. We haven't seen those kind of moves apart from the Barbarians for years.
0: We don't see enough innovation in the 22 in rugby generally. No, there's a there's a paucity of imagination in the 22. Yeah, so say
1: for years I used to watch the barbarians do these kind of mm. these moves. Everyone thought it was a bit silly and a bit fun, and I was like, no, well, I was wondering why they went out of fashion, and they've obviously come back into it a little bit since Exeter started taking five meter taps and just barreling their way over. Then they changed the rule with the um, or the law around the the 22 dropout, or sorry, the, line, the goal line dropout, which means that five meter taps are more laced at risk because you turn the ball over instead of getting the scrum back. Like, that's a great piece of like It's just so smart. It's, it's mad it's taken this long for someone to come up with it. You're right, the ring rows try like, that. Just the so the, the yeah. lines of he had, running. He, he the had the dummy
0: run, didn't he? Which really, yes, s- yeah. really set Jenkins to is, go. Is, it's is, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah,
1: like the way he's playing at the moment is incredible. To take Sexton and Furlong out and still produce that level of performance is, um, yeah, you run out of superlatives, but you do kind of also have to step back because we have a we do sometimes fall into the trap of waxing lyrical about Leinster and then oh, it really? comes to May and then we kind of and, and we're all shocked at the fact that they don't they haven't got the trophy to show for it that's what they have to get done this season
0: 100% agree with that last point we definitely fall into that trap for sure
2: yeah and I, I think you know what was huge for me in the game guys as well when I was watching it um, I, I couldn't like racing couldn't leave with the, live with the speed of Leinster they were absolutely clinical but I but one of the huge things that stood up to, for me was is scrummaging wise how he was around the pitch a la toa, right he was someone that maybe there would have been a lot of chat about Furlong missing games but he absolutely stood up to it in this against a, a big enough uh, wrestling pack and I thought he was really really good and we know that obviously Ross Byrne was able to control the game again we know what Johnny brings but I think that was huge for Leinster for, to have him perform like that in a big European game against a French team I thought he was absolutely outstanding and he, he really gave everything around the park as well as, as, as nailing his mauls and nailing his scrums
0: What else struck you about the performance Fiona?
2: Oh, they were just so clinical. Everything they were beautiful to watch. Um, the players really put their hand up. I know Darce was absolutely outstanding, but how sick are we talking about? Van der Fleer and Ringrose was immense as well. Um the biggest thing was, it was almost like Rassing were in shock at the speed that they started the game. You know, we talked about these guys being stuck for 14 hours, a lot of players, a lot of other teams will come off a plane and it'll give you an excuse to have a slow start to the game. Leinster did not do this at all. Their, their ruck speed I would imagine was exceptionally quick. Um, Finn Russell, LeGaric they didn't know what to do. They couldn't, they couldn't keep up with the pace of Leinster but it was just that accuracy as well their, their running lines, their passes were going to hand and the variation as you said, that uh, that dummy kind of uh, pull back from uh, from the from the quick tap. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect Leinster to do that because they are very dominant going forward in their carries. So it was nice to see variations and the ring rows try. I, I couldn't I watched it from start to finish and I watched it again this morning and I, I really just thought that the players were on form that everything was seemed to be clicking for them obviously you're going to have days where it doesn't click but I, it just looked like a really really confident team and even the subs that came on were, were making a big impact as well Conan so there's, you've guys coming on to the pitch that can come on and make a huge difference as well and I, I suppose some of the other squads around, Munt- around uh, Ireland probably don't have that same thing whereas Leinster seem to have any anyway one on off and it and it doesn't really make a difference in how they're playing. Everything is clicking.
1: Just on that, uh, Ross Hamilton, the analyst for BT, who's done a few bits for the AM show, he tweeted this morning that um, Leinster's average rug speed was three point zero nine seconds, which was the fastest across any team in the in the tournament or across the weekend. So just when Fiona mentioned it, I remember I saw that earlier. So that just shows the efficiency, the wit, like against a, a good forward pack, they were just blitzing everything that moved. It was. Um, like if you're playing off that quick but it must be a dream for a back line to play
0: yeah they're unstoppable when they have access to that kind of rook speed and I suppose the point has been when they meet their downfall they're stopped at first phase and their rook speed is slowed down and then yeah, and, and Rashid was anybody. And Racing
1: played into their hands. I mean, Racing started giving away mm-hmm. penalties within the first minute. I mean, the things like the Racing looked at the list of things not to do against Leinster and did them <laughs> all. You know, it was <laughs> they were like I, I I was really as I said earlier, I was really disappointed in them because I was looking forward to this match as a as a clash of the Titans yeah. kind of affair and you look at the names on the paper and you again you you're writing about them all week and how they've changed and they've got Legarrick and they've Max Spring at full back, these young, exciting young players and um they were terrible they were really shocking were and partly they because were. Lencer were so good and, but Le- and Leinster punished them like Leinster were almost disdainful in the way they treated them like if you don't, like it was almost like they, they were insulted that Rassing had shown up and played that way against them yeah. I, I I like what Jenkins has brought to the back five of the scrum and I like Ryan Baird at six as well I think I mentioned before He's that, becoming um, a
0: fixture there isn't he? Yeah
1: he, well, he he can't be a fixture because there's so many good rivals to him so he has to play well but he he's so athletically gifted and I think he's getting it now I think before what you hear about Ryan Baird is that he's a little bit of a different thinker that he's he's so athletically gifted that he almost took it for granted a little bit but he's had a, he's missed out on a few big days and I think he's get he's starting to it's starting to click with him that he's yes. got to back it up that he can't just get by on his physical gifts but there's a there's a vicious. He talked. I, I mentioned before. I interviewed him before around the start of the season, and he talked about his brother's really critical of him and tells him where he should go wrong. His brother's a rower, and he's and he, basically he's watching Courtney Laws and the way Courtney Laws plays and saying, "Why don't you be like him? Why aren't you as vicious as he is?" And he's quite he said he doesn't like. He's never been into tackling before. He never liked being kind of inflicting pain in the tackle. Um, and he's trying to bring that to his game and he can see it like, I mean he's backing up everything he said to me in that interview he's, he's bringing it he's bringing that level of physical um, prowess that he has and he's putting it about in the right way and he looks like he's switched on from apart from going from the header halfway through the first half he, uh, he looks switched on in a way that he maybe hadn't been before and that's exciting for Leinster and it's exciting for Ireland because he's such an incredible athletic athletically gifted player yes. that he could add so much to both teams in the next kind of in 12 months you know yeah, yeah
2: i think there was like a, a a part of the game as well he was in the backfield and the, there was a ball went through it was like watching a tall chesling kobe he yeah. was dancing he was dancing around defenders coming at him like we know he he's 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 physical we know he's great feet but it was just immense i mean for for a back row slash second row to have feet like that it was it was crazy stuff he's so he's so gifted
0: Now, if Sturt Lancaster's agent wasn't on the phone to Jackie this morning saying, that'll be another 15%, thanks very much. (laughs) He's just not doing his job. (laughs) Like where, I I find a fact, like I think,
1: look, Lancaster's done seven years at Leinster and they've been seven good years and it's, every, every dog is his day, every every job comes to a natural conclusion and I can understand why he's leaving and I can understand why, Rassing with their massive budget and massive, really good collection of young players attracted them to to that job and their stadium and their training facilities. is lovely and Paris is a nice place to live but it def- does it look like a really good fit? Like does it like Lenser really like you've got a diligent highly educated group of players who've all come through a very homogenised system who are all it's almost like it's purpose built for, for a school teacher type coach like him to get his hands on them and turn them into what what he's turned them into and racing's a very different challenge. You've got global superstars, you've got players from all over the world, and and, and they still have that. You know, they're, I think they're one of the more consistent French teams generally, who have that capacity to go and win away. They weren't on Saturday, mm. but when you look at that on Saturday, you're going, God, what is he getting himself into? Because is that gonna? You know, he's only learning French, and his French apparently isn't fantastic. He's, I'm sure, knowing the person that I, you know, not that I know him particularly well, but the things I know about him, he probably by the time he gets over, he'll be fluent. But that's a big job, and it's a big ask. And look, look, he's they're very good players. They're very close to being good enough. They could still win this co- competition, on the, even though it's a terrible start. Yeah, um, they're definitely going to be in the frame for the top fourteen. But it's a, it's a different challenge. It's a very, it's going to be a really worth watching. Once he's gone, we don't cover top fourteen as closely, but I think everyone will be keeping an eye on how he gets on with the, those players because um, he, he what's worked at Leinster is a lot down to him and a lot down to what Leinster bring to the table as well. It's a lovely combination whereas this is a a much different club and in a much different place than where Leinster were as well
2: mm. i think i think that's so exciting that's the exciting part for a coach, Rory as well is is trying to knit all these characters together and I, i'm sure like he he was watching the game and and you know they obviously weren't all on the, the same sheet playing off the same sheet they looked to be all over the shop at times but i would imagine looking at these guys and especially the young guys coming through that it's it's quite exciting you know because we know he he's mad into leadership you know he likes giving players the tools and being able to go out and Express themselves, but o- but obviously he's 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 structured as well, and and he plays the game a certain way. So I think it'll be it'll be exciting for him going in there to see if he can gel all these guys together and get them to have the confidence to go out and play the way he wants them to play.
0: Yeah, really well. They have it's Gloucester good. Friday at the RDS. So right for reasons. Gloucester as usual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> funny there was um, a message in when we started talking about Munster. Wondering, why, why are you talking so much about Munster? Talk about Leinster, you know, the performance of the weekend. There is this strange, uh, maybe counterintuitive aspect to having debates and conversations like this. Munster are far more interesting to debate because we're trying to figure out where they are and signs of progress or signs of going backwards. Whereas with Leinster, and it's not to do us all out of a job, but there is a degree <laughs> with Leinster where you could say, listen, we're just going to put a pin in it. We'll come back to you in seven months when again <laughs> they'll play a semifinal or a final. And that's what we need to discuss and that's ultimately the litmus test for Leinster.
1: And like Leinster fans no doubt would like us to be having a discussion about whether they could bring you know would you bring Jordan Armory in if Johnny Sexton is fit do you drop Ross Byrne this weekend? These, they're legitimate questions they're going to beat Groster no matter what. I mean unless barring one of the great shocks in European rugby history or Hunting Cup Champions Cup rugby history you know these are all it's, it's almost academic because yeah. they're so good no matter what happens but that doesn't it shouldn't take away from like I think we all Think they're an excellent team playing very very good rugby and um, they're just yeah it's not as interesting because the the their journey almost begins and in, in after the Six Nations finishes it's a pleasure like, to watch it's a great to watch it's I mean, probably just less but they're eight from eight in the URC and they're going to qualify as the top seeds yeah. barring a disaster that like they may they may only have one more away game in Europe this season um, they probably won't have another game outside Dublin apart from their trip to Gloucester after Christmas if they beat Gloucester back to back and then do racing. In the last game, they're tops. They're gonna to be top seeds, like most likely, and the finals in in Dublin. So like, it's set up for them this year, um, mm. and like that's when it becomes very interesting for them when they start playing against good teams. But yeah, I, I can understand why Leinster fans would get annoyed by that. But I mean, it's 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 a good problem to have. It just means that everyone thinks you're fine. You know, it's yeah. you know, it's it, the the issues Leinster have are not really issues.
0: Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I didn't take the message personally. I, <laughs> I, 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 you understood. always do, Joe. Always I do. understood exactly why we. Didn't lead with uh, Leinster because they're still really, really good. That's the uh, short version. So they've uh, Gloucester on Friday night, like I said. Connacht 22, eight winners against Newcastle. Fiona, this is noteworthy. Well, one, because Connacht won and we think they can do something in this competition. But there was a touch of a gamble, not quite second string, but not quite first 15 either chosen for Connacht. And that's because some of these frontline players are going to have to get a rest somewhere over the busy schedule coming up. So... This is an extra satisfying win given that they managed to uh, take a few minutes off a couple of the frontline players.
2: Yeah, that's it. And look, I mean, I I thought I thought Hawkshaw. Hawkshaw got in at ten. You know, we've been talking about him. I thought he he was he was pretty good. We got to see obviously did Prendergast playing, but it was good. For, I think it was really good, and they feel very positive about how the lads played. Paul Boyle is another guy who's kind of been coming back from injury. He wasn't. He hasn't been a, a nailed down starter. We know how good he is for Connick. but he was able to get a a player to match under his belt again. And you know, thirteen carries with fifty six meters made. So look, these guys. Um, to watch them kind of go out and 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 change how they're playing and, and have a different team, I think it's 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 really good for them to to get those guys some minutes under the belt because you know Newcastle obviously you know they're not high up in the Premiership but just still a good t- a good side and I think Canucks will be happy with their performance and I thought their set piece went really well as well.
0: Okay, what game are you going to at the weekend? I'm at Leicester Gloucester on Friday. Okay, the massacre. <laughs> Is it going to be uh, one way traffic? I Oh, it's... like
1: sorry, I'm probably being Hugely disrespectful of Gloucester and uh, just being in
0: Gloucester, by the way, they're going to be, yeah,
1: I know it'll be war. And just based on going to these games over the last couple of years and the level of performance that Leinster have been able to bring to them, and some of them against Northampton, who you mentioned
0: earlier, they're often disappointing. But I just can if I never see another Leinster Northampton game, I've seen a lot of Leinster, is it karma for how good 2011 was that they've all been putrid ever since? I don't know, like (laughs)
1: Northampton, Bath wasps have all been over in the last couple of years and gone home with a fairly serious hammering it was interesting that they picked this to be in the RDS and they've gone for racing and the Aviva because they didn't think they'd get the ticket sales for for this one before Christmas so yeah. previously they would have always gone for the pre-Christmas game and the Aviva but um like I just can't imagine what it's like to be a Gloucester player this week facing into this. I mean, I'm sure the competitors in there will, will be trying to rise to the challenge and they you know, they need a result themselves and you know, they're all decent players, but Lencer is such yes. a machine at the minute. And they can like the word is sorry, the, the the talk from the press conference today is that Sexton could be back and Furlong could be back as well. So why like, you know, do they throw him in, do they bring put him on the bench? You would assume he's gone for his holidays at Christmas like all the other internationals apart from the conic lads, so um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them in full flight because okay. it's always a...
0: Fiona, very final word to you. Do Ulster and Munster win their games this weekend?
2: Um, I think Munster will get the win away. Um, Ulster, I'm not I'm not too sure to be honest. Uh, I, I don't think... I think they'll get a, a losing bonus at home but I, I'm not sure they'll get the win this weekend.
0: Okay. We'll see how it all plays out. Fiona Hayes, Rory O'Connor, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, thanks
2: Joe. See you, Rory.
0: Monday Night Rugby, on Off The Ball, with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish Rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.